NFL 2021 season is finally here. I think it's time for a little push-off podcast before kickoff. What do you think, Dan? Let's get started. This is the push-off. everybody and welcome to the push off podcast yes your favorite nfl podcast that discusses everything that happened well it discusses everything that happened in the off season and gets you ready for week one i'm your host scott hogan and joining us as always it's dan now more good seasons than how i met your mother right <laughs> dan we are yeah uh joining in for a brand the, new the back end of that program was terrible by the way first three uh, seasons perfect Okay, I'll take your word for it. Maybe I'll, I'll give that a watch. I've never watched those. Um, and I've seen a lot of television. Yeah, just Any- make sure you eventually stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, we're here to talk about football. But first of all, we've been gone for a good long while, everybody. We got an episode in right after the draft. So we're talking months. Um, it's been a hot summer. Not a lot's happened uh, as far as football is concerned. Um, yeah, it's obviously. hot, hot meteorologic, meteorologically. Yes. It's uh, not hot personnel shift-wise. No, no. it's uh, So it, it is what it is. We are still, you know, fighting a uh, infectious disease, and um, at least we're vaccinated moving forward. That's a conversation with this football stuff that seems to it's going to be happening this year, too. But, yeah, Dan, uh, how's life been since we last spoke to the people? It's good. Um, the babies are finally sleep trained. So before it was pure chaos, having three mm. under three. Um, so it's hard to get a, a real firm time to record because who knows if the babies will be up at two in the morning doing their taxes or woodworking um, <laughs> because they're nightmare creatures. But now that they're sleep trained, they are no longer nightmare creatures. They are now just uh, bad daydream people. Uh-huh. And it's great. It's a, it's great. a big adjustment. All right, great. Um, and then, yeah, I myself, I'm out in the burbs uh, where I know nobody, but uh, it's a pampered life of, uh, you know, if there's a neighborhood pool. I got nothing to complain about. Um, so let are there you, be. Are you using the neighborhood pool? Oh, sure. Yeah, we oh, really? pay into it. Yeah. You no, know, here's the thing, and you're oh. welcome to come over. It's only open until September 9th, so unfortunately, you know, as soon as kickoff starts, pool closes. Um, okay, but it's not this, like a town pool. No, no, like, no! It's not a. Public I know we're pool. sounding we're sounding very hoity-toity right yeah, now. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and I, it reminds me of the ones that I went to in my small hometown there, Bloomington Normal. It's a uh, neighborhood pool in terms of uh, a private one within this neighborhood. You got to be living into the neighborhood and pay into it, kind of thing. And it's this uh, park club or whatever racquetball club thing. Uh, you know, a couple of tennis ball courts. Um, it's fun. It's a fun little thing. This is what you do in the suburbs. You go True. to the parking lot. You eat it for uh, food trucks. They call it a fest. <laughs> this is. I, f- <laughs> I thought you were going to say you eat at four p.m. That's your dinner. Well, you yeah. know when, to, when the go to bed at seven. Visit. 
when the uh, yeah when the in-laws visit yeah four o'clock dinners um no uh yeah so life's been yeah slowing down for us and getting more adult and you don't have a lot of time for your passionate uh weekly football podcast but th- again there wasn't a lot going on anyway so what did you miss yeah i mean we that's the thing it's it's like when michael buble rises from the cave uh, to sing christmas songs <laughs> the the scent of a week one in the nfl brings back the push off there's yeah, nothing you can come. do it's inevitable we're here we're here we got to talk about it so uh there's been so much missed uh we didn't get to do our uh yearly off seasons where we bring on guests and talk about each team give time for the division so why don't we run through it here for this show let's uh give us a little recap of what we think this year holds for uh each of these teams and we'll go by division uh dan i give you the the choice do you want to start with the afc or the nfc let's go ahead and start with the afc so we can finish out strong with our home content. <laughs> get that out of the way <laughs> we are such well the afc NFC. the afc actually does have a smorgasbord of talent still i feel like the afc is more interesting in mm-hmm. terms of division by division uh than the nfc is the nfc feels like it's it's more of like a six available horses the afc feels like half the afc is in the picture Okay, well, which and that's kind of different than what we saw last. Well, that's not true. We had a lot of AFC teams real close to that uh, wild card spot there at the end. So, yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of uh, fun in here. Um, let's start with the AFC East. Let's start with the AFC East. You got Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. Uh, a a lot's changed, and yet not so much changed here uh, for these four teams. Um, yeah. For me, Cole Beasley still a fucking idiot. <laughs> Still an idiot, Cole Beasley. Congrats. For me, though, Cole Beasley or no, the the Bills are the team to beat in that division. Yeah, until Cole Beasley infects the entire team with, I can only imagine, rubella um, <laughs> at this point. So it's good luck chance. with that. Yeah. yeah, why not? Why don't, why don't you get uh, Typhus? I feel like Cole Beasley is going to bring back Typhus. Um, but what? Uh, anyways, I will lean here and say, I like Buffalo not only for this division, but a strong team in the a- in the AFC. Maybe the number one seat, maybe home field. That that great big buy. Well, I don't think the the AFC was always a punching bag when New England was the top. I don't think AFC East this year is as much of a punching bag. I feel like the Dolphins are going to improve. You know, everybody shat on Tungavaloa, but he's got another year in the system. Yeah. You know, it's it's an opportunity for him to progress, for him to improve. I don't see like I, I don't think he's going to have a sophomore slump because he didn't have a lighted up freshman year. Um, so I feel like the Dolphins are going to move forward. They're they're competitive defensively. They've got a good team there. They didn't move Xavier Howard, which I thought was a great uh, mm-hmm. smart move. Just kind of re-upping him, giving him a little bit more money, keep him happy. Um, the Patriots are always the Patriots. Cam Newton is probably going to be better than he was last year, and if he's not, you have a valid rookie quarterback you can groom in Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, and then the Jets are just going to be bad, but they'll be exciting. <laughs> you know, they've got they've got the best arm talent coming out of the draft who's going to be their new starting quarterback in Zach Wilson, who really does just look like a Disney prince. He really Robert, is a beautiful Robert Sala, the new head coach there. I have no idea what to expect from an offense of his. Like, you get an idea of his defense coming from San Francisco, but... Sure. I have no idea what to look of this guy. Like, there's no vet QBs. There's no or yeah, there's nothing on this Jets team. Um, and then you you're you're retreading, you know, guys like uh, who's um our friend uh, Davis from the um t- Titans who 
just was a kind of like oh a, Corey a, Davis, yeah, Corey Davis. Thank you. Just didn't didn't work out from the pick he was so early in the first round. Uh, let's give him a shot in the Jets. It just that stuff doesn't work. So yeah, I'm with you that the Jets are going to get kicked around in this division. Um, yeah, but offensively, it's you got to remember it's Mike Lafleur. So it's Matt Lafleur's brother, uh, Robert <laughs> Sala, and uh, Matt Lafleur actually were groomsmen in each other's wedding. Wow. So they're old, they're old buddies, old buddies. Um, and so his little brother Mikey gets to uh, be the offensive coordinator there. So I imagine philosophically it's going to be similar to the old Titans uh, offenses that we saw, which was run that shit as much as you can, and you know using a guy like Corey Davis, who Matt Lafleur might have given a, a bit of a dap to, been like, hey, the, he's not bad, he's not fucking terrible. Just see if you can maximize his talent because he does work well in the system. So yeah. I'm interested to see that. Um, but yeah, I, who knows what the offense is going to be? Who knows what? they're going to be capable of producing. I mean, there's not a lot of veterans. Mackay Becton's pretty good. They've improved the offensive line, but they do have a brand new... Yeah, Elijah Vera Tucker. They do have a brand new new fucking quarterback, and that's that's always tough. I don't know if Vera Tucker has been playing this preseason. I think he got banged up a little bit. Uh, Carl Lawson, I think, is out for the season, right? Then they acquire him, and he's gone. They do get C.J. Mosley back, but for how long? You know? He always finds it. He's gone in there. Three weeks. So, yeah, it's a very young team. They're going to have to hope for Denzel Mims to do stuff and Elijah Moore, wide receiver. Uh, I, first of all, and I think I know your answer here, but for this division, are you more excited for Elijah Moore or for uh, Jalen Waddell there in Miami? Uh, I'm more excited for Jalen Waddell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But both I'm those for players are expected, like, if these teams are going to be good, they have to play a huge role. I, I think that is more the case for Waddell in Miami um, because – even if even if Moore balls out in New York, they're the fourth place team in this division. I mean, maybe <laughs> third if the Patriots completely shit the bed. Mm. There is a chance that the Dolphins could be a strong wild card team, or I don't want to say contender for yeah, yeah. I don't want to say contender for the division title because Buffalo really is very good top to bottom. Right. But you know, a couple slips here and there. Buffalo's got a real tough schedule ahead of them. Um, Miami might sneak in, make it competitive near the end. So I that's but that's going to have to be. You know, Waddle. Waddle's going to yeah. have to spread that field and and make Tungavaloa look even better than he did. I feel like I'm about where you are with these picks here. I think uh, you're looking at the Bills at the top. You're looking at the Dolphins after it, Patriots after that, and Jets at the bottom. Um, Dolphins and Patriots. I think that gets a little muddled in there. Patriots. You never know. They did a lot of moves this off season. We can't forget that. I mean, they brought in. I mean, yes, they lost Hunter Henry for a bit now, but Jonu Smith's there, so they're, they're not going to sure. be hard up in tight ends. Uh, they added up – did they have more weapons? I mean, uh, Jacoby Meyer, another year there. I think he'll be better. Yeah. Um, they didn't they, add a ton. They've still got questions at the, <laughs> the wide receiver position. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, Nikhil Harry has not done anything, um, and it's been a real bummer for me. He's been injured and then unproductive, and they added Nelson Aguilar, but it, trade, you know, I thought. I know, but he feels like he's just, yeah. to a degree, you got to be like, hey, I, I'm not getting a fair shot here by my own fault or someone else's, but there comes a point three years in where maybe that doesn't matter anymore and you just right. need a clean slate. But, uh, you know, who's who's throwing it to him? Is it Mac Jones? Does Mac Jones like him? Does, does Cam still have it, you know? Because Cam right. loved him some Kelvin Benjamin. And Nikhil Harry, if worst-case scenario, was in that same talent echelon. Um, as a, a Kelvin Benjamin, and he hasn't eaten himself a house yet. Yeah, so. yeah. You, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Uh, for as much as yeah, we're talking about Tongvaloa, uh, 
Um, there might be more of a who knows aspect to uh, the Patriots and their quarterback room there, but yeah, Dolphins are in a better situation there. So that kind of makes that clear for me too. Yeah, yeah. just kind of talking through that. All right, well, let's go on to another division then. Let's move on to yeah. um, what's the next one for AFC? Dan, your choice? I'm going to say AFC South. Nice. All right, so you got the Colts, you got the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Texans. Honestly, I'm looking at a lot of stinkers here. Um, <laughs> well, let's throw those Texans right in the garbage. Yeah, let's start with the Texans, who might be the worst scenario team here uh, off the bat. Deshaun Watson, is he just on the exempt list right now? What's going on? Well, so I th- I feel like the NFL is looking at the Major League Baseball with Trevor Bauer and being like, oh, you can just push it week to week? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. You, don't, just, even have you to. don't have to make a decision. You just have to like say, no, 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 not this week. No, 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 not this week. Keep paying the fucking guy and be done with it. I feel All like right. that's what's going to happen. Ugh. So we're sitting there, and it's like, is he is he even playing week one? Like, hey, some of us have fantasy drafts coming up here this weekend. We need to know. Oh, he's, he's untouchable. Right. Untouchable. I mean, it's more maybe, of a joke than anything, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a he's around. We talk about my policy of picking three, <laughs> three quarterbacks <laughs> in the draft if I can stash one. I will take that motherfucker around. 15 or 12 who knows <laughs> there, you, there you go but yeah. uh yeah other than that he's untouchable in, in fantasy but so until then it's going to be our boy Terod taylor i'm assuming oh, i love him at quarterback um but there's yeah there's not a bunch else it's it's a uh it's a corpse of running backs back there with david johnson they had philip <laughs> Lindsay and melvin ingram i think yeah i actually think phil uh, i think uh philip Lindsay is going to improve that running back stable just a touch i mean because yeah, you know, David Johnson, when he's healthy and happy, but he's hasn't been for three years, can still be mildly productive. And a guy like Philip Lindsay will help balance that out a little bit. And, if, and Lindsay can still run; he's still a fucking hell of a runner. Yeah. And Texans had no draft picks, and they, you know, were left in shambles when Bill O'Brien left, and then they waited yeah. forever to get a head coach in there, and it never worked. <laughs> it's a mess. It is a mess in Houston. We're gonna watch it. Uh, crash and burn. Um, but does Houston's any- defense might be interesting. They might be okay. still Lovey Smith coach defense. They still have enough talent there to make someone that sleeps on the Texans go. Ah, fuck! Did we just win that game seventeen to ten? I'd give you that, but Lovey shaved off his beard. I think you know. Oh that no, he did. Power's I thought he, gone. Oh. Yeah, well, so, yeah, well then, preseason. I mean, you oh, live in Houston. It's pretty oh, hot 16. down there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, J.J., the, the voice at defense is gone, too. Somebody else has to be a leader. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be a long year for Houston. But, oh, yeah. again, I'm segueing. Does it get any easier, uh, uh, you know, any, any uh, better above them, though? You got a Jaguars team that's, uh, you know, a complete revamp. Obviously, we're going to see um, how the new head coach and Urban and stuff work out there. But I'm already hearing rumbles that it's not doing too well. So I don't think it's doing too well, but offensively, the Jaguars are loaded with talent. LaVisca Chenault, DJ mm-hmm. Chark, James Robinson. There are players on that team. And Tebow didn't make the roster, so <laughs> you don't have to be fucking embarrassed. Uh, Dodge that the you're, that, Yeah, that you're a fucking Jaguar now. Um, so I don't think they're going to be fucking abysmal, but it's a rookie quarterback. Even if Trevor Lawrence is like uh, Dak Prescott rookie level good, I don't think... They're going to be competitive. I still think they're not as good hmm. as the Colts or the Titans. You know, um, I, I don't think they have a chance to be anything better than third. They did add Marvin Jones Jr. to to that wide receiver group, but then they lost Travis Etienne, who they drafted the second first overall pick for the whole season. Yeah, so that thing hurts too. So yeah, they, they got to balance it. Uh, obviously, I think they wanted to, that that 
pass out of the backfield option, but James Robinson could probably do that too. They yeah, should be better. Personal. They should be better. It's going to take some time. They've already named Lawrence the week one starter. <gasps> Surprise. I- I'm shocked. But folks, that's I our actually jack- was a little. I was a little surprised. Jaguar news. <laughs> um, I was a little surprised that Minshew, because Minshew had a good preseason, but, you know, it, it comes to the point where somebody's like, like, well, I'm thinking about you, hot, sexy model, or my boyfriend of four years. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Wait. Why is the hot, sexy model suddenly involved? It's like, well, boyfriend of four years better start giving some good dicking or do some more <laughs> crunches. And Gardner Minshew did not do that, so he is he's going to be trade bait. That's the yeah, nice I think thing. That's is Minshew, what he is. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's the that's the part of it that I do understand is like if you're Urban Meyer thinking GM next level shit, you go, all right, Trevor Lawrence is going to be here. He's going to just going to be here. Gardner Minshew, do I want to put him out there to potentially get injured week one, two, or three while I'm waiting for Trevor Lawrence to take the take the field? Or do I want to dangle him at the end of preseason hoping for an injury? There you go. That, you're right. That's a good point. But anymore, I think if you're the first overall, I mean, Joe Burrow did it. Everybody's coming in. Yeah. It's like you kind of expect it. I think if he wasn't starting week one, everybody would start questioning, like, why? What's wrong with him? Oh, boy, is this yeah. guy slow? You know? So, no, they were kind of hands-forced there, and Minshew's in a good spot where, yeah, he can be dealt if somebody comes hard up for a quarterback, somebody gets hurt or uh, COVID bit. You never know. You might need a guy. Um, Oh, speaking of might needing a quarterback, the Indianapolis Colts. Surprise. Uh, Carson Wentz. Well, no, they have Sam Ellinger. They're good. Yeah, Sam Ellinger getting going. Uh, from Texas there, the Longhorn uh, rookie, which I watched him a lot that preseason game against the Vikings. He's not he's comparable. He looks like a quarterback back there. He's still yeah. going to be a rookie. Um, it, it's ama- He's uh, already beating out, who's the guy he... Um, Jacob Eason. Eason, and Eason doesn't look like a quarterback back there. Um, no, he's got a good arm, though, but it's there's just decisions that he's not making. And that's the nice thing about right. being a four-year starter for Ellinger is he's like, make the fucking decision. And he does. You know, you can tell the arm talent's not next level, but right. if you want a backup quarterback, you know, Eason was a project. Yes, now that you've got Carson Wentz, you don't need a project anymore. You just need a guy that's like, hey, man, just run a couple series, you know, Carson shattered into glass. <laughs> run a couple we're series before we trade. For, yeah, we're, let's, let's Humpty Dumpty this motherfucker back and, <laughs> and see if we can get, you know, some semblance of 2015 Carson Wentz. Uh, see what we can do, but... It's yeah, it's going to be tough for them. Um, it's going to be tough for them if Wentz does not consistently start. But other than that, they don't have a ton of weapons at the wide receiver position. They do mm-hmm. have a ton of running backs. Yes, um, good ones. So I would be I would be very interested to see what they do because they actually remind me a lot of the Philadelphia offense when Wentz was Philadelphia good. won the Super Bowl when Wentz was yeah. good. Where yeah. you had good runners, you had a good stable of running backs, you had one good wide receiver. And it's because the same guys building that offense. Well, kind exactly. of. Right? Because it, it was... Lef- no. Because it was... Uh, it was Reich. Reich was the offensive coordinator. No, no, no. DiFilippo was the uh, quarterback's QB coach. coach. Okay. So yeah. it was Reich. So Reich, yeah. Reich so was Reich the was offensive coordinator. The same offense. Yeah. Doing yeah. the same thing in Indy. It makes sense. And the defense was already kind of good there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, they're get, they're going to deal with injuries. They're going to deal with some uh, some issues. But other than that, I think, yeah, they, if as long as Wentz gets healthy and they start playing up to that snuff, they could be a, the second best team in this division. Or you know, one of those bottom dwellers comes up there and scoops it. But I think you're well, looking at a rough. Yeah, the Colts road. Colts extended uh, Darius Leonard, so that defense, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be at least sustainably good for a long time. He's a solid middle, right? 
Um, and then the Titans, it seems almost like uh, default here could hold this division again. Uh, they lost a lot of good talent on defense. But yes. then they overloaded on offense at Julio Jones trade. I'm just thinking yeah. him and A.J. Brown on the same team. Dear God, if Julio's got you know a year or two left to prime play in him, that's a very good team with Derrick Henry lining up in the backfield and a QB who can run the ball, Tannehill. I like these Titans teams for that reason, but then again, yeah, they they kind of cannibalize their defense. So it's interesting to see because Ryan Tannehill doesn't always do the best with high expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, Tannehill is a guy that will surprise you. You know, it's and once again, I've come all the way around on Ryan Tannehill. Don't hate him anymore, but he's just one of those guys that's like, if Tannehill's throwing the ball twenty times a game, you're probably okay. Tannehill's throwing that ball forty times a game, you probably got a problem on your hands. And with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, you're like, ah, should we throw it 30 or 40 times? I mean, Derrick Henry can do what he's going to do, but I feel like that's a lot of throwing uh, for that Titans offense. That just Derrick Henry should run that ball 20, 25 times a game, just fucking pounding people 200 yards a game every time. He's a fucking monster. But Both those if he breaks, are, what happens? Right. Both those receivers are huge, so they can surely block down the field for the guy. So oh, yeah. it, they could just be setting up to, like, then A.J. Brown and Julio Jones put their hands down in the dirt, and they all just run. <laughs> Smash up Titans, yeah. And then they're like, we'll just hold the ball forever. Our defense will never be tired. What are you talking about? Nick Vrabel, smartest man alive. So we'll see. Yeah, Titans. I mean, I like it in this division, obviously, because I think it's a weak division. It's no yeah. – uh, uh, the other two AFC te- divisions no. we'll talk about, and we'll use that. Vrabel's got to stop getting fucking COVID, though. That's what's got to happen. Well, yeah, everybody does. Everybody does. Uh, let's move on to AFC North. Let's talk about the North division here. Uh, this is one that had three teams in the playoffs last year and could do it again very easily. Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. You're looking at a lot of teams getting better. The only one that I could maybe say take a downturn, and Dan, just say it because you think it too, of those four. I, I, I mean, it's the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's only one that makes sense. Bengals should be getting better. Browns should be getting better. Ravens, yeah. Steelers, you're you're going one more year with Roethlisberger. Not that that's your only option. You picked up Dwayne Haskins, maybe. You throw him <laughs> Dwayne in. fucking Haskins. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Steelers were the surprise of the first half of last year, and it was obvious that they were a surprise once they got into the postseason, and you saw what they put up, and and the end of the season, honestly. So. Are they that as good as they were last year, or was that you know luck? Who's to say? I'm very interested to see again with Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh is as good as they even were last year. Um, I think Big Ben is in his last hurrah, hopefully, but we've been saying that for a while. I mean, I feel like Big Ben, we've been saying the same shit about Big Ben that we've been saying about like Drew Brees for the four years before he <laughs> fucking decided. But it, Drew Brees just fell off a fucking cliff. You know, so unless Roethlisberger falls off a fucking cliff, they're going to be competitive. The Steelers are a well-built team. They have a good defense. They have enough talent on offense. I don't think Mason Rudolph's going to be necessarily the answer. Um, but, you know, if if you've got a good running back, which I think they've picked up in Najee Harris, if you've got enough talent at wide receiver, which they have with Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster didn't move on, that Deontay offense can keep Johnson moving. To yeah. another year there, yeah. That offense can keep moving, even if it's not Ben. I think they can be more productive than they were last year. Um, and once again, the defense still pretty good, still pretty good. So 
I think worst case scenario, the Steelers are like seven and nine. But okay. that's kind of how I feel about every member of this division except for the Bengals. Because Jamar Chase you, suddenly can't catch. Yeah, do you have the Bengals down at the bottom? Because oh, and yeah. it's early for uh, for him. But, yeah, it's a very young team, I guess. And, and they didn't answer everything. Offensive line still kind of weak, things like that. Well, defensively, they just I feel like they've been picked over. You know, they lost Malik Jefferson, who was a, a pretty good linebacker for them. Um, they've lost Geno Atkins. They lost pretty much every impact defensive player that they have so offensively they will be improved over last year defensively i don't think they moved the needle at all Oof. okay and so i don't think that raises them above fourth in that division yeah yeah, yeah it's a very young Bengals team and i think they know that and they're they're building for the future type of thing and you know that i guess that's smart keep everybody uh, the coaches and stuff around just go hey we're better we won uh, seven games instead of four whatever it was um yeah so who they wins extended. this division then? Is it Steelers going to win it or Browns or Ravens here? I feel like it's either Browns or Ravens. I feel like Steelers are third. I feel like Browns and Ravens are going to be chucking back for one and two. I feel like the Ravens have to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they'll have an easier division, you know, being basically third in that division. Right. Um, they'll have an easier go of it. They'll have an easier path to the playoffs. Um, and, you know, Lamar Jackson was mentioning they're like like do you think the nfl's figured it out and he's like ah i doubt it i doubt very much that they've figured me the fuck out i just had a bad year which you have to believe he's a former mvp the kid can absolutely still do it i think he's only 25 years old it's not like the fucking treads have come off his tires so i would i would be very suspicious of anybody that thinks the the ravens are going to be fourth in this division you got i would want to know their thought process you got them more weapons um they 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 drafted rashad bateman i think he's banged up though um sammy watkins is new there i think too right and then yeah but the idea that the ravens don't have a wide receiver isn't fucking shocking to me (laughs) it's like well the same thing's been going on for the last 10 years true true yeah they figure out the ways even without passing the ball um but cleveland is uh still gonna be very good you forget that most of the time last year they were scoring quite a few points and that was without beckham and he'll be healthy again um I don't know, Landry's getting on the old side, but then you've got the new guys like Higgins in there, and uh, who else did they draft somebody, I thought? Well, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt still in the backfield. Yeah, still devastatingly good. Um, oh, it's Peoples Donovan Jones. Peoples-Jones has really has really moved up over the past yeah. couple of seasons, but we talked about him. He was a guy we scouted that went in the sixth round, but we were like, man, all the talent in the world if he just fucking puts it together. Him and DJ Chark. We were like, ah, just all the talent if they can put it together. And we were right, because we're usually right. <laughs> we're always right. Um, not, yeah. not always. I, I stand Josh Rosen. I stand him no longer. I have abandoned Josh Rosen. Uh, so, it yeah, it sounds like Pushoff's trying to say Raven's going to win that division, though, but it'll be very tight there with Cleveland. Um, I think you're looking at, yeah, another one where that's going to be a, a very strong and they're going to be messing with uh, everybody else in the AFC throughout that uh year there um i don't know who wouldn't plays the afc north in the nfc this year is it you guys because we played them last year yeah I, we do <laughs> i wouldn't be shocked to see uh, sorry the ravens my apologies were second in the division but still that's uh, better than the browns were actually third uh, but i wouldn't be surprised oh, to see right. the afc north potentially produce three playoff teams yeah you know they too. really could i think it's going to be at least two if not three yeah, they did it last year. They could certainly again. Uh, all right, AFC West, all that's left for the AFC. Um, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. 
Kansas City again. I mean, I was watching them tonight kind of destroy the Vikings here in a preseason game. Uh, Mahomes and all of his friends. Why, why mess with success? And most everybody came back, and they even refixed their offensive line. So yeah. h- how they do it, I don't know. Andy Reid is a magician, but I got Kansas City in that division for sure. Yeah, Kansas City is the number one with a fucking bullet. Um, the only difference for me um, is I don't think the Broncos – I don't think – Number one and number four change. I think it's Chiefs at the top, Broncos at the bottom. I think Chargers and Raiders are fighting for number two and might actually be fighting for a playoff position because of it. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the Chargers are only going to get better. Uh, They lost Eckler all last year, another year with Herbert. Um, Yeah, I think uh, just get everybody going in in, uh, L.A. And then the Raiders are an interesting one. (laughs) We talk about... uh, um, the guy down there was the head coach. I'm blanking on his name now. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. Oh, John Gruden. John Gruden. We talk about John Gruden all the time, and and he's kind of a dinosaur. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that might yeah you know, catch up with him, like like it might my Zimmer. You know, uh, I yeah. So I'm a little questionable on these Raiders and exactly what they can be here uh, for Vegas, but. Having a crowd in there, I really want to see like a Raiders game with fans. I'm so excited to see a Raiders game with fans uh, in Vegas. I don't know if it's going to be the black hole, if they have that many fans that will fill it for Raiders or just be the fair weather kind of setup. So that's yeah. what I'm interested in. Uh, and then you got the Chargers, who you know have no fans, unfortunately. Um, you hope that they get better in order to build that fan base because a playoff run could certainly do it for them. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the AFC East – Sorry, the NFC East has the AFC West and the NFC South this year. Oh, okay, so you play the West, okay. Yeah, we play the West and the AFC. Oh, no, you know what? We must have the North thing because we play the Browns and Bengals. Yeah. Do we have the Steelers? Jesus. Yeah, you have the Steelers. You guys play the North. North versus North. fun. North versus North, yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's kind of the AFC. That's where we're seeing it. I mean, we're kind of clipped through here. The Broncos. Uh, Broncos are going to start Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Uh, it seems like the safe choice instead of the ceiling, like, high choice of yeah. like, what Drew Locke could have been. <laughs> Choosing Teddy Bridgewater is basically saying we are dedicated to the run. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's basically what it says to me. We are dedicated to the run and trying not to turn the fucking ball over, which, if running... you're Vic Fangio, makes sense. Yeah, that's true. And their running game is uh, Melvin Gordon and... Javante Williams. Javante Williams might yeah, be good there for him. But. It's not it's not as good as it was last year. There's nothing on the Broncos that's as good as it was last year, except for the wide receivers who with a healthy Cortland Sutton and a healthy Jerry Judy right. should be improved. Right. But be fun so they've got a decent that, yeah. offensive line, they've got a decent wide receiver core. If Teddy Bridgewater plays up to his tie, his high potential, we might be talking about them as a number three potential number two team, because that defense is pretty fucking good. Right. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, it just seems like they're going to be kind of meddling this year. They, I don't know. Yeah, they. I, the Broncos would be the number two team in the AFC South. That's the way I'll put it. They would be the number two team in the AFC South and potentially the number two team in the AFC East. But yep. unfortunately, they're the number four team in the AFC West. <laughs> That's a good way. Yeah. So AFC West, AFC North, very strong teams this year. Um, and then you got the other side that's going to have, yeah. I mean, somebody's got to get kicked around a little bit. I'm looking at you, AFC South, unfortunately. Uh, and <laughs> Texans you know, like, we know. Never really wrong, so I'm sure we'll be right on about no. this. We've been right um, about everything forever. 
Uh, so let's do real quick. Uh, so our let's do an AFC like uh, div- playoff group. Let's do this. Sure. The seven teams going. Um, AFC East, we got Bills. AFC mm-hmm. West, Chiefs. AFC yep. North division winner. You know, we'll say Ravens and Browns go. We'll give them f- sure four f- and five there, and then the Titans. There's six. You got uh, oh never mind two more. Wild well, that's cards. five. That's, That's five. five. Yeah, there you go. So we got two more wild cards. I think if you give a wild card to the Chargers, which I think is fair. Okay. Right? You've got one more wild card to give out. And are you giving it out to the Colts? Or are you giving it out to the Dolphins? Or are you giving it out to the Raiders? Or because the Steelers. I don't think it's the Steelers. You don't? Okay. I don't. So I those are my We talked three. about and maybe three for the AFC North, so I had to bring up Steelers. But if you're ruling them out... Yeah, Chargers I, already in Raiders, Dolphins. I mean, you're look Raiders, Dolphins, Colts. This is basically what we dealt with last year. <laughs> yeah, I think I think honestly the Dolphins are probably going to have the best path to it. Yeah, uh, because the Dolphins, you know, because of that division and the other yeah, the division, and they also have to face you know they'll face the Jets twice a year. That's two wins, yeah. and then uh, you know they have to go against the NFC South, which I think they're going to beat up pretty good. And so, the Patriots in Miami. That's not good. Yeah. No, never. Okay. So, yeah, I really, I feel like it's probably the Dolphins as that number seven. Nice. All right. Uh, well, then, let's take a quick break, and when we return, the NFC, we'll discuss them, and then uh, let's also give our picks for Week One. Oh, you're gonna want to stay tuned, folks. We're back. It's the push off. delve into that NFC side as we give our picks here for the 2021 season. Um, we are a, a, about two weeks, um, uh, just under two weeks from kickoff. Uh, kickoff Thursday, which is Buccaneers-Cowboys. We'll be doing that pick and all of the picks here for week one after we get through with the NFC. But um, since we're so close, we feel like we got a good feel for this season. So how close yeah. will the push-off be with these picks? Uh, we'll 100%. flash, yeah, flash forward, flash back to there, and and see at the end of the season. But for right now, Dan, where do you want to start in the NFC? Well, let's start away from our divisions. Uh, okay. Let's start with the NFC South. All right, the NFC South. You got there, uh, Buccaneers, the the Super Bowl champs returning, the Saints who won the division, and the Panthers and the Falcons. Um, I think you're looking at one of the teams here to be one of the bottom for the NFC. And that's the Carolina Panthers. I disagree. Oh. I think the Saints are going to be fucking horrible. Mm. I think the number four team in this division is going to be the New Orleans Saints. I think they're going to be abysmal. I think Jameis Winston is going to throw pick upon pick, who has been named now the starting quarterback of the, that's right. of the Saints. I feel like this is a get cap healthy year for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, there's a chance that... Uh, there's a chance they might not have their starting fucking wide receiver. Michael Thomas yeah. might not play for this fucking Saints team. He yeah, might not want to play too. for this fucking Saints team. Alvin Kamara might get shut down week six because they're like, no, 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 no. He's too valuable and we're fucked up. So I feel like this is a Saints team that has the chance to like really pull the fucking parachute 
quickly and just be like, yep, we're a top five pick. That's how they feel to me. They could, they could, and it'd be a, almost a smart move where they're at right now. You're right. It, it, it would, it would almost make a like a front office maneuver to do that. I, I have a feeling like coaching and the talent and stuff around them, they'll figure out a way. It's the darn Saints. Every time you count them out, they find a way back in. So, are they going to be as good as they were last year? Heck no. Uh, but that no. the fan base is still there. It gets loud there. Uh, they'll win some home games at least early on, unless it goes pear shaped super quick. I think you see them, you know, maybe a middling team and better than the Panthers at least in this division. Now, the reason why I say that is, Panthers went and did that trade for Sam Darnold. It's a risk. Mm-hmm. I think it's a test the, the the tires type of thing. And then they had to do a lot of moves in the draft in the off season to, to fix everything right away. I think it's just a couple of years out and they're still trying to retread everything given the new ownership and coach. So I think that offensively Sam Darnold does make them a little better. Sure. Sam Darnold improves them just a touch. Robbie Anderson's a good wide receiver. They do get, if they get a healthy Christian McCaffrey, that offense could be interesting. They solidify the running back position depth with Chubba Howard, uh, sorry, Chubba Hubbard, which mm-hmm. I fucking love that name. That's fucking great. Um, and then, you know, Derek Brown, a defensive tackle, is going to have another year and could be a really disruptive presence on the inside of that defensive line because we always talk about that. You know, it's it takes about three years for a defensive lineman to really fully mature. Um, I don't think that defense is going to be amazing, but I think it's going to be better than we're giving it credit for. I, I feel like this is either the number two or number three team in this division. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, then, um, are we talking about the Buccaneers being the top of this division? I feel like we have to. They were. I mean, they returned the entire roster of a Super Bowl championship team. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. That's pff, not, fuck me, I guess. Yeah. It's really not heard of. Um, when that, But to argue against that... We don't know if that works or not because it's really not heard of. Maybe you <laughs> are supposed to move more. around and get some new blood in there and some exciting guys and make yourself better, not just bring back the same. You know, maybe it's yeah. not good to just do that. Um, I There's some questions here. Is Ronald Jones really that good? Because Leonard Fournette will not repeat what he did. I mean, maybe he was, he was playoff amazing then. Now, does he do that again when it comes down to big games? Maybe, but I, I think you're asking a lot, yeah. You're asking a lot for these guys to come back and do what they did last year. But, again, you're right. This division might have gotten less in strong places given the Saints, so this should be the Tampa's one. Tom Brady you know, can't count against the ageless wonder until he does something. No, um, it's it's tough to count out Tom Brady ever, especially because this is not a strong division. Like, we haven't talked about – so we can both agree that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are number one in this division, right? Yeah, I think so. I and, think and then it's kind of a race to the bottom because Matt Ryan is on a sinking Atlanta Falcons team. Yep. You know, they dre- they that team is Julio not Jones. good. Right. And uh, I like Kyle Pitts. I think I'm very excited about him for uh, joining him as a weapon. And then you got Calvin Ridley, who's a very strong weapon too. So, sure. I don't know. Uh, Julio Jones, uh, they miss him totally a bunch. I don't think as much as we might think, but – that defense is still very weak, and they find ways to just give up games and give up points, and they're the Falcons and new coaching staff, all that stuff. It takes a little bit. You're right. So the Falcons, I wouldn't put a lot of money in their way, no. Yeah, the offensive line for the Falcons I think is going to be better. I think they'll have a better running game. I think they'll be more balanced on offense than they were, especially with a, a legit threat at tight end. Um, but, yeah, that defense is just fucking bad. 
Um, and if you've got a bad fucking defense and your offense is okay <laughs> in a division with the fucking Buccaneers, you're going to get rolled. Um, I, I don't see the Buccaneers losing more than one game in division. I, it's hard for me to see them losing even a game in division. And so, like, the rest of this division is just so much weaker than they are. And then I think they face the AFC East and the NFC East. Mm. So, like, that's not a murderer's row for these guys, but I feel like the Falcons are still going to get fucking beat up. Uh, Falcons picked up your boy Josh Rosen, I see. They did. Well, A.J. McCarron's out for the year. Um, uh, A.J. McCarron, man, what a what a weird life to, you know, national champion quarterback and, you know, you know, the most popular guy in town is always the backup quarterback. And for so many teams, that was A.J. McCarron. And smoking hottie, smoking hot wife. And then just every time he's in a position to be better, he just fucking eats shit. It sucks. Yeah. They're right. There uh, were a couple of seasons in there where it'd be like, hey, the Bengals are going to turn to A.J. McCarron now or something like yeah. that. It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> the Bills are going to turn to A.J. McCarron. Bengals yeah. are going to turn to A.J. McCarron. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's it. He just it's not happening for him, and it's. I feel like the ballad of Josh Rosen has been sung. Unfortunately, you know, like un- unless he sneaks into the backup position and Matt Ryan has a fucking stroke, uh, <laughs> there's not a chance that he sees the field. Felipe Franks is more interesting, like talent wise, just because he's a scrambler um, and has at least been with that team all off season. But yeah, I I would love to see Josh Rosen succeed, but I think we already know what he is. Enough teams have passed on him that it's like, is everyone wrong? You know, the old expression: if if everybody's an asshole, you're probably an asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah. If nobody wants you, then maybe you're not that good. Yeah, I think you're looking at that too. Yeah. Um. So that's our uh, NFC South. I think we're looking at that for for their um, yeah. It's a little mixture between Falcons, Panthers, and Saints as to where they'll end up. I think, but uh, we think Bucks get the top of that division. Yeah, and the rest Who, were probably who's going to be not, fourth. Yeah, the rest are probably not playoff teams. No, there's one playoff team coming out of here, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and nobody else. The Falcons are not making the playoffs. The Saints are not making the playoffs. And the fucking Panthers are probably not going to make the playoffs. But it's Matt Rule's second year. I would be least surprised by the Panthers improving. Yeah. Personally. Okay. Um, all right. Let's uh, keep pushing our teams back. We'll go with the NFC West next. Uh, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, Seahawks. This is one where I could see any four of those teams winning this division. I really could. I yeah. think the furthest shot right now, Cardinals. I'm going to disagree. Okay. Um, it, yeah, I, go ahead. I feel like the Cardinals have gotten better defensively. Um, I feel like they need to figure out what the fuck is going on with Chandler Jones. That's what they certainly need to figure the fuck mm-hmm. out. Um, but I feel, like, I feel like they've gotten better defensively. I feel like another year in the system for Kyler Murray is going to improve them slightly. Um, Larry Fitzgerald not being there, I think, is a good thing. Um, it allows people to just move the fuck on, which is important. Um yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the the Cardinals are so talented that it would be hard for me to like count them out. But they are very top heavy. There's not a lot of great backups on the Arizona Cardinals. Right, right, and yeah, and they're you're hoping like JJ Watt and uh, AJ AJ Green, Green yeah are are going to be still playable there. And I'm like, no, that's not really going to work. I just think the rest of this division is so strong. I'm not like pooping on the Cardinals. I like the experiment that they are. Kyler Murray uh, spread out that offense, run with everybody, 
it, it's an exciting one. And their defense, you know, the secondary looks pretty strong with, you know, yeah. Byron Jones and all everybody still in there. So I like Buda Baker still looking good. Buda Baker and yeah. I, uh, there's something there. There's something there for Cardinals. There's not a, a t- whole lot of talent around that, but uh, they could make a run. Like I'm saying, any of these guys could surprise us. I think for me right now, this division, I think the Niners bounce back tremendously out of injuries and everything. I think everybody just gets healthy. There was that year where everybody's like, yeah, the Eagles were bad last year, but just wait because they got all this talent. Now, it didn't work out for the Eagles that year, but I think this is the Niners. I like their coaching. I like like they're one of those teams in the because they finished dead last in this division, but they're one of the teams in the NFC that I like the most. Yeah, they also have a really easy schedule. <laughs> I'm know, sure, they, yeah. Comparatively, it's it's really not that bad. So, um, you know, they're facing the fucking Jaguars. They're facing the fucking, you know, the Texans. This oh, is, the, okay, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is not a bad year for them. And like I said, you, I mean, you made a great point. They had so many injuries last year that they have to be better. They just fucking have to be. And so when you're basically the fourth place team in your division, but you bring back your starting quarterback, however you feel about Jimmy G, he's an improvement over Nick Mullins. Mm -hmm. You know, you bring back your, you know, former defensive rookie of the year defensive end. There's a lot of talent that came back and is getting healthy for the 49ers. So I think they see the biggest leap. Is it the division win? Who knows? I think it's very possible. Have you watched any Trey Lance? I have watched a little bit of Trey Lance. He looks he looks comparable. Uh, he looks big up there. He looks like he knows like when to tuck it and kind of move around in that pocket and stuff, and he's got the arm. So I'm excited kind of to see yeah. him go forward. You're right. I think the Niners don't need to put him in right away. He can be one that sits behind Garoppolo, but that's their choice there. And I think yeah. you're pretty even with either of those guys because the rest of your team, defense and everything, looks pretty good. Yeah. You have a healthy Raheem Mostert returning. You have a healthy Jalen Hurd. You have Debo Samuel. You have Jimmy G. You got George Kittle, who's still one of the premier tight ends. You got Brandon Ayuk. There's fucking weapons mm-hmm. uh, on that offensive line. You know, you've got you've got healthy dudes, healthy dudes. You got Javon Kinlaw on the defensive side with Nick Bosa. That defensive line is still fucking nasty. Which Bosa so, missed most of the last year, right? Yeah. Oh, it missed. Yeah, it missed almost the whole thing. So it's it's hard for me to say that like. They won't improve. Like they have to improve. Is it number two in the division, or is it straight to number one? Yeah. Um, the one thing everybody loves to talk about here is the L.A. Rams and their addition of Matthew Stafford. I'm excited too. I want to see Stafford and McVay and what that can be. Uh, and you still have some some very fast and quick wide receivers with Cup and Woods and all that stuff, but. Is that enough? Is an older quarterback, this is a retread too, and yes, it was Detroit, but, you know, Detroit wasn't, you can't, I don't know, Stafford holds some blame for Detroit and not ever being able to get over that hump. So is it a complete fix that he just gets plugged into L.A. and is amazing there? I don't buy that, but will they be better because he's there? Yeah, probably. I mean, unless this running back situation, they they traded for Sonny Michel, that's big. Unless that gets dragged down. I feel like... Cam Akers leaving, you know, Cam Akers being out for the season, they've got Daryl Henderson, they've got Sony Michelle. Yeah. That's a decent one, too. I don't think, I think if Daryl Henderson went down and it was Cam Akers went down, Sony Michelle can't carry that load, but he's not being brought in to be the number one guy. He's brought in to be complimentary. And I think that's what I thought, too, when it was just Daryl Henderson before the Sony Michelle trade, because I was like, this week, I was like, well, Rams, I'm kind of questionable, but now he's there. You're right. It, it, it kind of solidifies that better. So I like the Rams more here, but. Yeah, are they 
are they going to be godlike because Matthew Stafford's their quarterback, though? No, I think their offensive line is going to fucking turn to dust soon. Like, you know, Jesus Christ, Andrew Whitworth is still their starting tackle. Like, I love Andrew Whitworth. I love Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth is a 39-year-old tackle. Yeah. You know, sure, he's good, he's efficient, he does a good job, but, like, there's no outstanding players. Like, I don't love Cooper Cup. I don't know if Cooper Cup is going to thrive with the way Matt Stafford throws the ball. Um, but also, Mike Furry thrived with the way Matt Stafford threw the ball, so who fucking knows. Um, but it's Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I, I'm just not as impressed with this Rams offense as I was a couple of years ago. But then you've got two of the best defensive stars in the league on the same team mm-hmm. on the defense side of the ball with uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, and then didn't they give Ramsey somebody else on the other side that's pretty strong too? I forgot now. But, I mean, without that, even those two are are such shutdown guys and you got to stay away from them that it really does make them a very strong defensive team, just that alone. So Rams are going to be good this year. Uh, are they good enough to make the playoffs? I think they're, yeah, right there on that bubble there. I, I have the Niners winning this division just because I picked somebody. But Rams, I think, are right there too. I think it's still Dante Dion who's their uh, their okay. other corner. Other I don't think I don't think they really improved that position. But that's the thing is like this LA team feels like an LA team. It's full of stars, mm-hmm. you know. It's full of stars. But like, what's your depth behind True. that guy? You know, are you three deep or are you one deep? And they feel very top heavy. They feel like oh, there's a bunch of talent here and then you get to that you scratch that second level of talent it's like yeah you don't even have project guys you have guys that like were willing to sign for the money you're willing to pay and and la is pretty cash strapped you know there's they're paying aaron donald and jalen ramsey and matt stafford like princely sums (laughs) true yeah so who else gets what and who are these guys and well that's why they haven't had a first round pick in seven years um the only leaves the seattle seahawks in this division and it surprises me too that i'm not that excited about seattle for the first time in a decade i think uh russell wilson is still magic and i'd love to have him uh, on my team but thank god he's just not a chicago bear i uh <laughs> i i sure. worry about him though in seattle i think he still is not too excited to be back there um like aaron Rodgers, i think he'd love to to find himself in a new room i mean some of these quarterbacks i think are excited that Greener pastures mean a better situation. They saw what happened with Stafford. We did a lot of QB carousel this season. That's what, or this yeah. off season. So that's what these other guys are hoping too. That being said, it's still Seattle. It's still uh, that super loud stadium. That defense uh, setup is there. You know, um, you've got uh, Lockett and uh, DJ. I'm DK Metcalf. DK yeah. Metcalf. I was like, I know I'm off on that. It's DK still preseason Metcalf. for us. Yes, it's, I'm really rusty here. Uh, so there's still a lot of talent there, and that, again, it's like Seattle's going to be a dangerous team. Uh, Vikings thankfully play them at home this year after so many trips to Seattle, but yeah. I'm still not looking forward to that game because they just have our have our number. So I don't know. What's your thoughts on Seattle this year? Uh, second best player on Seattle behind Russell Wilson is Michael Dixon, their punter. That's true. Uh, (laughs) As much as I love. Oh, he's great. Fantastic. And that's no shot at DK Metcalf. Uh, That's just how good Michael Dixon is. But so Jamal Adams being there, who knows, though? Like Jamal Adams might be another Darrell Revis where he's like, pay me my money. And then a year from now, he's like, pay me more money. And they're like, (laughs) 
but we paid you all that money. He goes, yeah, but somebody else makes more than me, and I'm the fucking best. Yeah. Uh, message to Jamal Adams, pick a fucking ball off. Stop stop mm. playing in the fucking box. Uh, you know, be an all-around safety, maybe. Um, but you still have Metcalf. You still have Lockett. You still have Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a guy that, like Aaron Rodgers, like Tom Brady, makes whoever the fuck you put at the wide receiver position better. Um they have a good offensive line now. Well, it's better. You know, you have Dwayne Brown, who's getting better. Gabe Jackson, still pretty decent. I feel like it's not as embarrassing up front for Seattle as it was. Um, adding a guy like Carlos Dunlap, I think, really helps you a ton. Um, Bobby Wagner's still the best, in my mind, the best linebacker in the game right now. Yeah. So if you've got help with Jamal Adams, you've got help with Bobby Wagner, their defensive line is not going to get uh, a ton of penetration, but that the defensive line in Seattle was never... Well, it was during the Legion of Boom years. People slept on how fucking good it was. But this is not a great defensive line, but their secondary is improving over last year. Their defense is better than last year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes them first or second in the division, but I don't think it makes them third. It's it's a really... Uh, going to be a black and blue division. They're going to bang each other up kind of here. Um, if you had to put it in an order, Dan, since we're gonna we're kind of muddled in this one, where how would you do it? Just gun to head. So I would say, gun to head, um, I have three children. Please, God, don't do this. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, if we're yeah. kicking that out of the way, I would God. say probably four. Yeah. Why are you doing Making this? It it's so just personal. a game. Good, dear God, you're overreacting. No, Anyways. I understand totally why they're doing it. It's I feel the same way sometimes. Um, I would say 49ers first just because they've got the, the easiest road to hoe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say Seahawks number two, and I'd say Cardinals three, Rams four. Wow. All right. Um, let's move on to the NFC North because I don't want to be the bummer at the end. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the Bears, Lions, Packers, and Vikings. Um, the big surprise in this division was Aaron Rodgers did decide to come back. Now, if we did podcasts uh, through this offseason, we would have had an Aaron Rodgers beat probably once a week, you know, just mm-hmm. talking about this week. Now we don't think so this week. Yes, we think so. You know, we would Rogers have been tracker. animate one week that he was definitely not coming back. And then the next week saying, I think he will. Uh, he did. He had us all talking about him. Congratulations. Um, I think that's why we took, you know, in an off the, the, uh, in the cloud sort of way. That's why we took the off season off. So we didn't have to talk about this stuff. <laughs> just but. to not deal with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but it was a it was a bummer when he came back because I knew that he is still like we call him the boogeyman, and the boogeyman gets his here. Um, did the Packers get that much better around him? No, like once again, it's kind of weird. They they didn't really, but they're still good enough. They you know this team is uh, ten to thirteen wins a season, kind of annually. So they're gonna do that again. I think it's Packers division again. Yeah, it's, you know, people are like, oh, they traded for Randall Cobb. Who fucking needs Randall Cobb? It's like, R- Randall Cobb is not your number one guy. Like, it's no. still Devontae Adams, a healthy Devontae Adams, and a Randall Cobb running around somewhere. Fuck it, why not? Right. Um, Aaron Jones is still one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL. Uh, as much as Aaron Rodgers is great, Aaron Jones has been fucking phenomenal. Um, that defense is better than people think. Yeah, that defense in Green Bay is much better than people think. They're sleeping on that. The offensive lines improved. You know, Billy Turner at guards doing really well. David Bakhtiari still one of the best tackles in the NFL. Um, yeah, I, I feel like they haven't taken a step back. I, in my mind, I don't think they added enough players to like be really impressed. 
Um, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. It's still if it's Aaron Rodgers in sixty minutes, there's a chance he wins every game. Yeah, I mean they they were really good last year, but also I think we were kind of uh, surprised with their record at the end of last year. If I remember correctly, that we they felt pretty hollow. We weren't that surprised when Tampa went in there and won. Um, True. It's because too, I think this division was a little bit weaker than it's going to be this year. Uh, I think these teams should be better and should be a little bit tougher on the Packers. So maybe it's not a 13 win team this year. The uh, Chicago Bears, they got second last year. They uh, they went out and got the, the quarterback. Now it doesn't look like they're going to be putting fields in anytime soon, though. So it's Andy Dalton to start the yeah. year. That can't last too long, though. Chicago's already, you know, you, you just hear it out around. We're close enough to Chicago that we know they want fields in. Well, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? You know, Fields is sexy, and, you know, Andy Dalton is whatever the opposite of sexy is, you know, (laughs) in, like, every way. Andy Dalton could have a goiter, and I don't think anybody would notice him more positively or negatively with a fucking goiter. Everybody just be like, oh, yeah, Andy Dalton's always had that. Be like, no, 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 (laughs) he's got an iodine deficiency. He's got a goiter now, and they're like, like, oh, isn't that – didn't they draft him with a goiter? Is that a You know, because no one – yeah, no one fucking cares about Andy Dalton. Like, I when we signed Andy Dalton as a backup, I was like, hey, great. And then when it was like, Andy Dalton has to start, I was like, motherfucker. Like, whatever, fine. It's not going to be embarrassing, but do what you got to do. <laughs> There's a chance that Justin Fields could be genuinely exciting. And after years of Mitch Trubisky, who they promised was going to be exciting and just wound up being either really frustrating or fine, you know, there's a chance, like, the best Mitch Trubisky ever did was when he was fine. Uh, Justin Fields has a chance to like be fucking exciting, scramble all over the place, make crazy throws, and another week, two weeks, three weeks, five weeks of Andy Dalton doesn't doesn't tickle your balls if you're the <laughs> the fans of the Chicago Bears. But you know you've still got Tariq Cohen who's coming back healthy. You got Dave yeah. Montgomery. You got a really good running situation. You don't have a great wide receiver uh, setup anyway, so. You know, you're, you're going to be doing a lot of two tight end sets and a lot of heavy running back situations, so maybe right. Andy Dalton is the guy. Yeah. No, they're 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 going to ask for Darnell Mooney to make a huge step up from last year, and he was kind of the surprise. Allen Robinson is playing on a uh, franchise tag, so that's scary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of questions in Chicago, but, again, that defense should still be pretty good. They didn't trade Hicks and everything like they were no. threatening to do. Um I think they're yeah they they should be solid again and they're the Bears so they will be uh, yeah you still then, have Eddie Jackson you still have Danny Trevathan you still have Khalil Mack you know you still have enough solid player Eddie Goldman and Akeem yeah. Hicks together that's fucking great yeah yeah so they they kind of kept that much together uh, yeah they they did lose uh, Kyle Fuller was that this year yeah they they cut Kyle Fuller so yeah we'll see yeah. It's going to be a little bit different for Chicago, but I, I, what I saw of Fields, I like him, and I think he'll be in pretty quick, and and then they'll yeah they'll be exciting again, kind of thing. We'll see. Uh, let's talk about my Vikings. Um, the off season, I, I got really excited. I liked their additions, uh, especially on defense. Um, you had guys like uh, Patrick Peterson, uh, more guys on the defensive line, Sheldon Richardson and Dalvin Tomlinson inside. Uh, you get. Uh, the injuries back from people like uh, Daniil Hunter, who missed all last year. Those are guys we missed, obviously, uh, and and now guys we have. So we actually have a defensive line. Michael Pierce was opted out all last year too. This defense should not look anything like what you saw last year. 
and thank God for that. No, they better be better. Yeah, Mike Zimmer knew it. Everybody knew it. It was a really bad, you know, it was just a team not, not set up to play in the defense last year, and that's and what all those rookie cornerbacks was showing. Um, but then the uh, other side of the ball, the offense was kind of surprised. Justin Jefferson blew it up. Uh, Dalvin Cook stayed healthy. That's what we could be. So it's just a matter of that. Now, from that point on, my hopes have dwindled. I you, you feel excited, and then you and then you start getting pulled down to earth, and that's what's happened to me since Aaron Rodgers has come back to camp. Uh, <laughs> and then I look at my team and go, "Well, you know what? Anthony Barr has disappeared. We have no idea if he's healthy or not. The coach is is basically saying they're treating him with kid gloves, and you know now they're saying, ah, who knows if he'll be ready week one? Seems like the same thing with Daniel Hunter, and then you know he'll just be gone forever. Um, all of a sudden, Cameron Dantzler, who was the exciting rookie cornerback from last year is like fifth or sixth on the death chart just through preseason like falling down behind Brashad Breland and a bunch of other guys that you know he, you're supposed to be the the young guy out there playing and and our other first <laughs> round uh cornerback we're well, gonna talk about him because he's a horrible human being oh and boy he'll, he'll never play football again so that's how that happens well uh, the Cowboys are always looking for corners <laughs> and then uh, on the offensive side of the ball They've looked horrendous here in the preseason. Now, no Dalvin Cook can be point enough, but also no Justin Jefferson, no Alan Mathielen. You know, it's just Kirk Cousins out there throwing checkdowns to Amir Abdullah. Um, so it's hard to get excited about this. And then there's the other side of it, and this is where I want to talk about it, Dan, and I don't want to get – I'm not trying – like start saying I'm not going to be political. I'm not going to get uh, on one side or the other about – like a very sensitive situation like everything is these days uh the minnesota vikings at one point i don't know if this is still the case but it probably is because who changes <laughs> at one point was the lowest vaccinated team in the league and i've watched a lot of press conferences of mike zimmer being like i just kind of want everybody to know the facts and i'm really hoping that you know i don't know if i'm changing any minds here but I've got grandkids now, and I want to make sure they're healthy, and it's just a matter of, you know, doing what we need to do. I get it. They don't want to get vaccinated. It's a choice, and God bless America that it is a choice, Uh, and people might think differently uh, if it is or isn't, but how about we just put it in terms of this? Playing football for your your teammates and going out there and giving 110% and throwing your body down in front of a guy's leg so that he doesn't pick up the first down so your offense can get back on the field kind of thing. All those are choices. <laughs> All those are choices too, and those choices aren't always the best to, to, to suit yourself. Maybe they're out there best to, to help out the team kind of thing. You know, the, the extra block you throw, the extra thing that, that might hurt you, you know, playing with an injury to your arm that might, you know, damage it for the rest of your life kind of thing you know you see how many football players have fingers that never look the same they could have quit as soon as they you know something like that happened to them well yeah they these are athletes they're gonna stay healthy they're gonna you know bounce back from this stuff i'm ranting (laughs) but yeah dan i i I guess what i'm trying to say is if you really wanted to to be all in for a team i feel like this is an easy choice I had a conversation with somebody today, some coworkers of mine that were young, and uh, they're like, "Well, I don't know what's in the vaccine," and I was like, uh, "What?" I was yeah. like, "Since when has that been a fucking qualifier for you to do anything?" True. As he's fucking vaping, <laughs> I was like, 
I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't know what's in the vape. I was, he's like, well, I know what's in the vape. It's bad for me. I was like, I was like, <laughs> okay, do you know what the fucking vaccine is? And he's like, uh, no. I was like, it's not live virus. It's a fucking messenger RNA. Do some fucking, like, just look it up. Like, don't do some research because that's not a fucking thing. Like, when I say <laughs> I I'm doing that. research, like, when I do research on a player, that means I've watched hours and hours of video. Sometimes I just look up a player. Yeah. You don't even need to do vaccine research. Just fucking look it up. And don't look it up in, like, the dark corners of the internet of idiots that are trying to tell you that they're smarter than they are. I'm the smartest person you know. <laughs> Listen to me. Just get a fucking vaccine. It's really not that hard. If you feel conflicted about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because there was some random fucking blood issues and people were getting blood clots, great. Also, then don't do birth control because it's got a much higher rate of blood clots. <laughs> so, you know... Pick and choose. Um, you know, if you go, oh, I don't want to be fatigued, well, maybe don't drink caffeine because there, there are some ups and downs with caffeines. The only people that I ever listen to about, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get a vaccine. The only people that I'm fine with are the people that, like, only drink purified water, uh, only eat, like, organic vegetables and fruit, only do that sort of stuff, don't smoke, don't drink, don't do any of that. For y'all, I'll listen to you because, yeah, sure, you want to live... Like a, the way man never existed. You're going to that sure. nth degree for it, so it starts to make more sense when you say it, those things. Yes. At least you're fucking ideologically consistent. But yes. if you're fucking vaping, right? <laughs> if you're vaping, if you eat McDonald's, if you do all of this shit, just go get the fucking vaccine. It's really not that hard. Like, Kirk Cousins, like, your fucking church said go get the vaccine. Yeah. Listen to Jesus. <laughs> Listen to fucking Jesus, Kirk. You're so up on fucking Jesus that you won't listen to him when he says go get the vaccine or you won't listen to his fucking messengers when they say go get the vaccine. Mm. Like, it's your own goddamn church. I know. It's your yeah. own goddamn church. Just do what they're asking you to do. And, like, that's the thing that's so frustrating is, Fair. like, it's so it's just inconsistent. The ideology is just so inconsistent from week to week about, like, uh, somebody told me, well, it wasn't approved by the FDA. I was like, it literally was just approved by the FDA, so you're just spouting that shit like like a parrot. You're not waiting for the FDA approval to drop, right. clearly. You weren't like, well, as soon as the FDA approves it, I'll be on it. Because the FDA approved it a couple days ago, and you didn't fucking know about it, which means you're just being a derelict asshole. <laughs> That's all you're doing. You're just being an excuse-making derelict asshole. Go get a fucking vaccine. It's not that hard. My kids can't get it because they're too fucking small. Let's try to eradicate this shit. And you know what? If you don't want your kids to get it, you don't want your 12-year-old, 14-year-old kid. I understand that, too. I get it. But you're an adult. You've had fucking children, right? You've had children. You've had all of your other vaccines. Just go get the fucking shot. Just yeah. go fucking do it. It's so goddamn easy. And everybody that's saying negative shit about it literally is just making shit up. They're just making shit up. And that's the craziest part about it is they're making shit up and nobody's double-checking it because they go, yep, that sounds like something I want to agree with. Let's go with that. And unfortunately, that's something that's kind of, yeah, that's fed into, you know, our, our the way that we get anything these days is uh, I, if I want to believe this, I can go find somebody that can tell me I'm correct. As long as I look hard enough, I can go find somebody that tells me, I, I think you're a smart human being. Thank you. That's if all you, I wanted to if hear. You, if you were Josh Rosen, 
there was a podcast out there <laughs> that was telling you exactly what you wanted to hear for a couple of years. <laughs> and for if a couple he's still years, listening like, to it, hanging bad. on, and now you're saying that the boat's passed him. You're, you're I know. Crying. No, no. What he's not done is not crying, being like, oh, my God, uh, is it true? He's gone, well, you know what now? These guys need to be canceled. These guys don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to go find another podcast. What's this? The Josh Rosen is Awesome podcast. And then he just listens to that all the time. And, it's and just he records mom. it. It's his own podcast. <laughs> yeah. I love my Joshua Lippincott. Yeah. This uh, is good. It's his middle name, by the way. Yeah, I did a lot. Of, I'm deep <laughs> on the Josh Rosen. Research. So I don't want to get off on the Vikings here. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is, yeah. My hopes have kind of dwindled here over the last couple of weeks, but I haven't got to see them at their full power yet. So, dear God, let me see them at their full power. Let's get actual fans into that loud stadium, too. That's when the Vikings are very good. These guys get on a roll. Even Kirk Cousins could keep them afloat here for this season and actually win this division. I think that's a possibility. But it just, yeah, it it, it feels like, if your head coach is thinking uh, in one direction and very, a lot of stars on your team are thinking in a complete other direction on something that's that, you know, strong in, in the social uh, ethos as it is. I'm throwing the wrong words here, but anyway. Just be a good person. There Just might be a good person be, your teammates. Yeah, some inner fighting there in that locker room. So I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, so we'll see where they, where they do in this division. You know, I... I think they're fighting with the Bears, and I think the Lions are at the bottom. There's a nice segue. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a chance the Lions could be third. Um, I don't think the Vikings slip past second. Okay. But I feel like the Bears could either be pretty good or could be pretty fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the Lions aren't a complete fucking misery. I mean, they're going to be weird because they're a Dan Campbell offense. You know, they've <laughs> they've got Jared Goff, who I've never loved. Um <laughs> You know, they've got Jared Goff. They've got really nobody at the wide receiver position. Uh, they do have TJ Hawkinson, though, so who's pretty fucking solid. Um, and they did draft Amon Ross St. Brown, which is always fucking nice. But their defense might not be embarrassing. Mm. Um, and if they go with a run-heavy attack that, you know, features Jared Goff doing mild rollouts and dump-offs, they, they might be able to stay in it. Um, but I think the best the Lions do is third in the division and are likely fourth in the division. Yep, I'm kind of there too. It's going to take a little bit. Again, it's another feels like restart for him when you bring in all this new guys and front office everything. Um, yeah, we'll see Detroit. It's, you know, you're the little brothers of this division. You always have been, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, hey, go out there and try. Yeah, give it give it your best. Uh, all right, Dan, let's talk about yours, the last division, because um, we're already over an hour, and we got week one still to hit. That's the true. NFC East, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and that Washington football team. Yes, they will remain the football team for at least another year. Uh, God, how indecisive and fucking stupid do you have to be to not have a team name by now? You've got they they've limited down to like eight or something that's out there, and uh, still Washington football team is like a choice on there. So dear God, they better not do that. <laughs> like you string along for two years and go, guess what? We'll keep it. <laughs> The Washington football team is like my wife looking at a takeout menu. You're just like, well, there's so many choices. Just fucking pick one. Just pick one. Pick uh, one, just move on. If you're wrong, you're wrong, and we'll do something else. Yeah. But they won the division last year. Uh, pretty much very strong defense because played uh, Taylor Heineke at QB in the uh, um, postseason. And they knew they needed to fix that, obviously. So they went out and got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who's an improvement. 
Um, it's magic. There, there. It seems like there is no part of Ron Rivera that's like, "Yep, we're gonna get this offense on track." Ron Rivera is just like, uh, "Ryan, throw it to Terry and uh, Chase. Go get me that fucking ball back." <laughs> like that's just how it feels this whole right. time. It's like defense wins championships, and Ron Rivera is like, "Yep, all in, all chips, defense only." Um, you know, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, what a fucking pair. You know, Jonathan Allen inside is gonna be fucking really, really good. This is a good defense. It's a really scary good defense. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Fitzpatrick improved their offense to make them not embarrassing. Right. But you're still, yeah, the, I mean, other than Ted. But the problem Terry is McLaurin. they have to face they have to face every other number one team in the NFC. <laughs> true, true, yeah. On their schedule. You know what it, I mean? They have two more number ones than anybody else. Antonio Gibson's your running back. Curtis Samuel. Yeah, there's not a lot on offense. There's just not a lot to get excited about. No. Um, so yeah, Washington. Do they do they do it again? This was a def- a, a division that uh, really took a hit to, to injuries and and a lot of craziness here in the NFC East. Yep. I doubt that happens all totally again. So the other teams have bounced back. Um, Dan, who would you like to talk about? Um, I mean, let's go ahead and go with the Eagles. Let's okay. talk about the Eagles a little bit. Um, the Eagles are going young. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see Zach Ertz get traded here within the next couple weeks because Jalen Hurts is your starter, and unless he embarrasses himself, will be the starter for the entire year. Devontae Smith is a good wide receiver who I think is going to be really fucking solid for them. Get Dallas this is an old, you don't need yeah. Hurts, yeah. This is an old offensive line still, yeah. a very old offensive line, but uh, this defense is full of young players. You know, Obi Malafonwu is still kicking around back there this is not a great team they just happen to be in a bad division which helps um you know and you can usually tell when a team is not going to do well because they always talk about what a leader the young quarterback is in the offseason yeah so then when it's like hey kind of shit the bed it's like well he was the leader of that team and that's why they're shitty (laughs) um and that's just the feeling i get from jalen hurts all the publicity is about how he's like what a leader back there still not a great thrower of the ball but what a leader Joe Flacco's on this team now, and Nick Mullins. So they did kind of pack the 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 backups with comparable sure. guys that they can put in, which is interesting when Jalen Hurts is supposed to be the leader, you know. Um, you hope Jalen Rieger is not as bad as he looked like he was last year. <laughs> Maybe another year he yeah. gets better. Um, but, yeah, other than that, J.R. Sega Whiteside, and uh, you're still going with Boston Scott and yeah. uh, Miles Fletcher Sanders, Fletcher Cox is 30. Yeah, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, Cox is, is thirty yeah. with a lot of fucking miles on his body. Sure, with yeah, a lot that, of them. So he's still, he's be, still yeah. great. He's still great, but I just don't think he's you know what he was. I don't think it's possible for him to be what it was. No. And then, like I said, the rest of that team on defense is pretty fucking young. I don't think they're going to be a team that really does a ton. You know, if Avante Maddox is still your best quarterback, or your best corner, that's not the best situation for you to find yourself. No, yeah, Eagles, to me, looking at this division, I might see them at the bottom, honestly. I think they they just, for sake of it, uh, the New York Giants, let's go there. Let's leave the, your Cowboys for last. The New York Giants mm-hmm. uh, certainly switched a lot around here. And the one thing I wanted them to do was give Daniel Jones a fighting chance, like give him players around him to see if he's anything. And that's exactly what they did. If Saquon's healthy, if, big if, uh, you have Kenny Galladay and uh, the draft of Darius Tony, who I really like. Yep. Kyle Rudolph is there. Uh, Evan Ingram, 
uh, those are two guys, the tight ends there. As long as that yeah. offensive line gives Daniel Jones a, a, enough time there, and Sterling Shepard's still there, and Darius Slayton, like, oh boy, like all of a sudden the Giants look like a lot of fun. It's really coming down to that offensive line. I I yeah. feel like the Giants have a shot at number one or number two in the division if the offensive line holds up because their defense is not terrible. Their defense is not embarrassing. There's enough talent there to be competitive. They're they're not the best division. They're not the best defense in the division that belongs to Washington. But they're also not the worst defense in the division, and they don't have the worst offense in the division either. So they could be number two defense, number two offense in the division, which gives you a shot at the lead. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I really feel that way uh, for them. I, I feel like they are the second best offense and probably the second best defense. Yeah, yeah. And Giants are one of those teams too, where they just keep trying to figure out that offensive line, keep adding more draft picks and stuff to it, and it just hasn't clicked yet. It's not easy. I'll tell them that. It's not easy. Um, and then, uh, all right, let's talk about Dallas. That's the last team here uh, for this division. I, I'm excited about them, honestly. There was a lot of injuries last year. If everybody comes back, stays healthy, there seems to be a lot of talent. We returned our starting left tackle, our starting right guard, our starting right tackle, our starting quarterback. And as much as people were shitting on Zeke Elliott last year for his performance, it's like, well, you were missing three of your all-pro defense, uh, all pro offensive linemen, mm-hmm. and there's no way that the defense gets worse. You know, like it's literally impossible for the defense to get worse. I feel like we brought in a really good uh, defense coordinator in Dan Quinn. I feel like the defense has been around the ball more. I feel like we're not as devastated by injuries as we were last year. You know, Randy Gregory seems to be making progress. Um, yeah, I we can't be as bad as we were. It's impossible uh, <laughs> defensively. And I feel like we can be better than we were last year on offense just because Dak's back. Right. So. It, it makes I think we're the number one offense in that division. The, the, name a better three wide receivers than CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. It's a, it's a very heavy, yeah. Uh, it's tough. Talented and, on the offensive side of the ball is what it is. Yeah with, yeah, with Zeke and Dak Prescott. I mean, before Dak was injured, he was playing top three quarterback ball, honestly. So oh, yeah. it's hard to and, not see that bounce back as long as, yeah, everybody stays, stays upright. And defensively, there's a ton of competition all across the board. Uh, defensively, it's like, well, who's our starting linebackers? Could it be, you know, a first round pick, another first round pick, or a high second round pick? Mm. Um, or could it be Jabril Cox, who I think fell to the fourth round for no reason? You mm. know, could it be Keanu Neal, who was another first round pick, who's now converted from safety to linebacker? Like, there's a ton of talent there, and there's a ton of competition. It's the same thing at safety with Malik Hooker and Demonte Kazee. I could go into it forever. I'm. I'm concerned about our secondary okay. because they're because our corners are very young and I don't know if they're very good. I just know they're very young and they're very fast and they've got good attitude, Trayvon. but that does not a good corner make. Um, but there's enough competition. There's enough guys churning there that like, you know, we last year we were so top heavy everywhere. We're still top heavy offensively. Like if Dak goes down, we're fucked. If Amari goes down, it's still tough, but we got CD and, and Gallup. If Zeke goes down, Tony Pollard, it's better. Our offensive line is still top-heavy. If, if any of those guys go down, we've got a major weak spot. But defensively, I feel like we've got six serviceable defensive linemen. We've got five serviceable linebackers, and our secondary has about seven guys that can play. So I'm not... I'm, I'm in a good place. I feel like we're the number one offense and the number three defense. I feel like our defense is better than Philadelphia. Philadelphia's got to be fourth in this division any way I, any way I stack it. Yeah. Um, if 
if the fucking Washington football team can put it together offensively, they could be number one or number two. Uh, if they don't put it together offensively, they're number three, and it's Giants to Cowboys one because it has to be. I think you're right. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't live yeah. in a world where that's not the case. No, I'm totally in agreement with you there too. Um, Dallas, we're getting a little clear look, uh, closer look too, because we have Hard Knocks, which we've gotten to see the first three episodes for. I think of the timing of this recording. Um, it's funny. The, you the mentioned very- you mentioned something to me about Hard Knocks that made me think positively. You went. Man, really not featuring a lot of bubble guys, huh? That was the first episode, yeah. It was very Dak, Zeke, and uh, and how much they were, like, best friends, which I didn't realize yeah. either. Like, these guys are... Oh, they're they're great friends. Yeah, and that's wonderful to see when you see that. I don't think Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook hang out in the same circles, but I could be wrong. <laughs> no. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's great to see that on a team. Like, I think you get uh, a warm feeling of that. Um, they did get into bubble guys here lately. We were seeing... Uh, your backup quarterback, uh, Gilbert? No. Yeah. Is that it? None of those Danucci. guys are going to make the team. Ben yeah. DiNucci. He's not going to make the team. A lot so about everybody Dinucci. they're featuring on Hard Knocks is going to get fucking cut. Yeah. The <laughs> offensive line. But that actually, with the fun that one. makes me feel great. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I, I love when like we're so deep that like all the bubble guys are getting cut because we've just got enough depth. It's just obvious. You know? Yeah. You know the guys yeah. are like, and we're going to talk about this guy. Oh, goodbye. I'm Cesario. Maybe you make it up somewhere else. And usually those guys do. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, this division shouldn't be as bad as it was last year. That's, I think, what we're saying. They should yeah. – everybody should be a little bit better. The Eagles, you're in a still a weird spot. So we'll see yeah, what goes on there. But uh, quick, Dan, let's pick our seven uh, playoff teams from here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with you, Cowboys. I think they – if we have them up there, they'll, they'll, they'll take one of them. Yeah. Let's give one to the Niners. Let's yep. give the Packers one. And let's give yep. the Bucks one. We got three sure. wild cards left. What are you thinking? Uh, give me Vikings, Seahawks. Yeah, give me Vikings, Seahawks, and Giants. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to do the same. Vikings. Yeah, I have to go Vikings, Rams. And Giants. No, Vikings, Rams, Seahawks. I'm going to give three in the NFC West. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, so real quick before we leave, let's do our picks for week one. Let's do the full the full ramble and see what we end up with. Yeah, we're going to have to do these quick. <laughs> all right, so uh, obviously kickoff uh, weekend, Cowboys at Buccaneers starts it off on Thursday. You know, the, mm-hmm. the Super Bowl divi- uh, winners get the ho- first game. And they're getting they're getting Dallas. So what are we thinking? Uh, Dallas, uh, hundred to two. They get a safety when we're just fucking around at the end. Um, I'll take Tampa. Obviously, the the, the crowd's gonna be pumped for this one, and uh, they'll raise the banner. Everybody will be excited. They'll play it smart. Um, it's gonna be fun though. It's gonna be a good matchup. I think I'm really excited to see Dallas playing, you know, to the full strengths here. As long as everybody's on, yeah. in the, on the field. Yeah, well, it's nice that we kick off the season with me telling you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, that's important. I'm glad we started that way. And me saying, um, fire the cannons. <laughs> that's, uh, that's true. Just yeah. doesn't feel so, right, doesn't it? <laughs> but, so that's the thing. I really do feel like Buccaneers are coming in there going like, what a fucking week. What an off season we had. Gronk is still drunk. <laughs> uh, Brady might be drunk, too. So I feel like the Cowboys have an opportunity to be like, uh, were you sleeping on those Dallas Cowboys? You know? Because normally, when the Cowboys play anybody, 
they're like, we got to get up for these Dallas Cowboys, yeah. right? Because it's a nationally televised game. The Buccaneers are like, no, we're the fucking Super Bowl champions. You got to get up for us. And I hope the Cowboys are and take a road win to start the season. All right. Yeah, that could see that happening. Uh, let's move on. A bunch of games at noon. We start with Seahawks at Colts. What do you think? Tough one to start the year. Yeah. Um, I think. I think this is probably the Seahawks game because even if Carson Wentz comes back, he's going to be rusty. Um, and it's a new offense for him. I, I feel like he's not going to be thriving. I feel like the Seahawks are, are a good enough team, have been consistent enough that it'll be tough for the Colts D to handle them. Yeah, I didn't hear if he was going to be healthy for this one. I was kind of expecting him out just given what he's gone through. But uh, I like Seattle too. I think uh, they still went here on the road. Indy's going to be a questionable kind of team this year. Um, here's Jaguars at Texans. We're starting with that week one. Ooh, do we have to watch this game? This is fucking awful. No, it's a future two minute. No offense, I believe. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna weirdly start, uh, and I'm gonna say the Texans. I'm gonna say the Texans win this one, uh, just because it's a home game, and the Texans have been really embarrassed uh, throughout this entire off season. I feel like they, you know, the Jaguars are gonna take some time to get the engine going, and they're. They're going to allow themselves some leeway with a rookie quarterback. I feel like the Texans squeak this out. Uh, I'm going to say Urban Meyer gets the gets the nose above being the new head coach in these two new head coaches matchup. I'll say Jaguars. Wow. All right, let's go. Uh, Eagles at Falcons. Another noon one. Um, <laughs> what yeah. a slobber knocker. Yeah. Uh, I'll uh, say. I think it's. I think yeah. it's Falcons. Yeah, I think Falcons too. I think uh, them at home. And the Eagles just trying to figure out what type of team they are. I think it's going to take a little bit for the Eagles. Even if they are good this year, it's going to take a few weeks. Um, Chargers at the Washington football team. This is a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is offense v. defense. But I think the Chargers take this one on the road. Um, I feel like the Chargers defense is good enough to stand up to that uh, that Washington offense, which is going to be a bit unpredictable. Um, but I feel like Washington is facing a particularly talented quarterback. Maybe the defensive line doesn't get quite as much pressure on him just the way Herbert moves and throws. It'd be fun to see the Chargers in this game, but early start going from West Coast to East Coast, I'll take Mm -hmm. the strong defense. I'll take the Washington football team to win that one, even though I think the Chargers, when it's all said and done, will be a better team. It's just I don't like that matchup. I don't like that matchup. Yeah. Steelers-Bills at noon. We get this one. Oh, fun. Bills all the way. I think so, too, but I think it's going to be a fun one. I don't think Bills just blow them away. Uh, that defense will kind of keep Buffalo where, you know, somewhat in shooting distance there. But I like Buffalo a lot this year, so I'll take Bills, too. Niners at Lions. Niners. You like Niners? <laughs> oh, yeah. Even though they got to travel halfway across the country, they're just a better team. And yeah. once again, I feel like the Niners are like, hey, we want this to be a coming out party. We're all healthy. Let's fuck these Lions up out the gate. I think you're right. Uh, you're right. This is doesn't fit in my combination of picking Washington to win. In this one, it's the same scenario, but I'm like, nah, still Niners. Um, you know, it's not as far of a trip to Detroit. Uh, all right, let's go Vikings at Bengals. Um, I feel like the Bengals just aren't ready to win right now, and the Vikings uh, do just have to get – they have to get off on the right foot. They mm-hmm. have to. Um, but I feel like this is a big game for both of them. If the Bengals win this, wow, that's huge. If the Vikings lose this, wow, that's huge. Yeah, and I'd like to think that too. I mean, at the same time, I'm like, well, it would be a road game outside of division, outside of conference, so they could turn it around there. But 
also you look at this long season and go, well, these are the road games you have to win. At Cincy, yeah, you got to win this one. So mm-hmm. I'll take Vikings in hoping that, yeah, the Bengals are still just not ready yet to play and, you know, Dalvin Cook will be healthy enough because he hasn't pl- touched the ball <laughs> in so many months. <laughs> uh, Jets at Panthers. It's the Darnold revenge game. It's Panthers all the way. Right away, right? They give it week one. Uh, I think so too. I think the Jets are going to take a little bit here, even if they if they want to get going. I don't think they will. I, I like Panthers in this one too. But again, I think it's going to be tight. I don't think there's two teams that don't know each other very well. Um, Cardinals at Titans is the last of the noon group. As much as I like the Cardinals in our, our preseason, I think the Titans are going to be deadly week one. Um, everybody's healthy. Everybody's ready to go. Titans, when, all, when firing on all cylinders, are actually more talented than the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't like the Cardinals on the road here. For some reason, I think, yeah, Titans at home, uh, maybe that's that's the edge here for them. I like I like Tennessee. Browns at Chiefs at 325. It doesn't look like there's any 305 starts, so we got a nice little buffer here between the noon hour and the 325 for week one. Tough week one poll for the Browns. I, <laughs> I think it's going to wind up being the Chiefs at home in Arrowhead to kick off the season. Those fans are going to be loud, and, uh, yeah, it's – stacked up against the Cleveland team. That'll give them their best, uh, but yeah, it'll be tough week one to get in there and do that. That's that's not a good pull. Uh, Dolphins at Patriots. Um, I feel like Dolphins start their season off well. I feel, feel like Tonga Valoa um, comes out, quiets the crowd, quiets the doubters a little bit for at least a couple weeks um, and has a solid game against the Patriots at home. I don't get why this one's a 325 kickoff. <laughs> I think if anything, Steelers-Bills would have been better to put there, but here we are, Dolphins-Patriots. Um, I like Patriots. I like Patriots at home here. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just don't think the the Dolphins will be ready. I think Tua on the road against Belichick, he'll take too much stuff away from that young PB. Uh, Broncos at Giants. Oh, that's an interesting one. I feel like it's Giants at home. If Saquon's healthy, mm-hmm. if Saquon's healthy, the offense of the Giants is healthy. I feel like it's Giants at home. If Saquon is out, I feel like the Broncos sneak one out. Okay. Yeah, it could be because I think you're right. I think it's that close. So both teams at full capacity, I think you're right. It's Giants that can control the ball and they can kind of, yeah, Denver will have a hard time catching up with points if they fall behind, I think. I think that's going to be them this year. So I'll take the Giants on the road there too. But that one is a coin flip for me. It really is. How about Packers at Saints? Absolute throat fucking uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Yeah, I think Packers take care of that business there too, actually. Uh, that's a tough start for the Saints, even at home. You'd, oh, rather, yeah. you'd rather start with somebody else in that division even. Uh, somebody you know a little bit better, I think. Uh, but Packers will take it there. And then Sunday night, the Bears at L.A. Rams. I feel like Stafford knows the Bears' defense better than the Bears know Matt Stafford's Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, especially at home in L.A., I feel like L.A. is going to start their season with a win. Yeah, I, that's what I like. This is primetime L.A. I mean, 7.20 time is only like 5.20 there, so they could have start started drinking in the afternoon <laughs> and, and not really gotten too buzzed yet. So that's prime there for L.A., and I think that's a big uh, positive for them is there's finally fans there and everything. So I like the Rams True. at home. And then Ravens at Raiders. There's only one Monday night game this year, and I think we're happy about that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to pick an upset here, though. I'm going to go with the Raiders at home, I think. Um, 
I feel like just because the Ravens do have to travel all the way across the country for a Monday night game, I feel like the Raiders are ready. Um, the Raiders aren't going to be embarrassing, and I feel like they're going to want the Ravens' best shot. And the Ravens might not be 100%. I think I agree with you in saying that the Raiders are the underdog, and I like the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens, I like the matchup there. I just feel like uh, they will be able to uh, to make push there in Vegas. But again, we get to see that uh, with fans too. So all of those new stadiums and stuff opening last year that just opened, opened empty, finally get to kind of see that. I'm, I'm very excited about that, and we get to see it week one. Um, the uh, you know Chargers will have their home opener next week. But there you very, go. Very exciting. Yeah, that's uh, week one. We did our picks. We are different on a few of them there. Uh, Cowboys, Bucks, Jaguars, Texans, Chargers, Washington. But we're back. But we're back. <laughs> so we will we will be doing this ho- hopefully once a week as as the plan. Uh, get you uh, catch up on the, the the games that happened and the ones to come. Uh, I don't know. Since we got our picks in here, this might be the last time you hear us before week one. So please enjoy kickoff weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Go Cowboys, baby. Yeah, and uh, obviously you guys w- will watch along with you, and then we'll we'll see you the week after, and you'll know just how happy or sad we are just based on the review of it. Uh, but there we go. Um, I don't have any uh, crazy stats or anything here to, to give tonight, Dan. I just We were kind of going off the cuff, getting back into the flow of things. But do you have any parting words of wisdom? Everybody is zero and zero. Hmm. That's right. Even the Browns are zero and zero. Everybody across the board, even the Texans, are zero and zero. Might sneak out a win week one. Who knows? This is a wide open year. If you are a fan of football, hold on fucking tight because it's going to be great. It's going to get weird. It's probably going to be weirder than last year. Because last year, everybody's like, it's weird. This year, everybody's like, it's weird, but we're trying to make it normal, and that's worse. So get ready for a fucking weird year, everybody. Extra week of games. We got that huge playoff picture once again. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, whether the, whether the team good or not, I got football to watch for a good five months. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. That's it. All right. Well, guys, thank you very much. This is the Push Off Podcast. Um, we will be back uh, as soon as we can. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. 
and the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. <laughs>